Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here. I know it's, uh, as we've heard and you probably know, it is Super Bowl Sunday, so it's good to see all of you here. You kind of show up to church on Super Bowl Sunday wondering who will show up and if people will show up. And so I know it's sort of like an all-day weekend experience to smoke meat and do all that that goes into the Super Bowl planning. And so so thanks for, for coming today and worshiping with us. Thanks for joining your voices and uh, singing together. My name is Josh, and it's really good to see all of you. Today we're uh, continuing on in this message series on family life, and this week specifically... We're going to talk about family from the angle of expectations, family life from the angle of expectations. Uh, here's a good definition of what an expectation is. It's a strong belief that something will happen. It's actually, it's, it's, we're counting on something to happen. And we all have expectations in our mind, some hopes, some plans, and we sort of lock onto those in life and we wrap up all sorts of uh, emotions and feelings especially towards the things that we uh, intend to see happen and I want you to think back to a time when you've experienced this building of emotions because of an expectation you had and then somebody let you down and you really thought this really needed to happen it was right in your mind that this would happen so you felt you had a right expectation and then someone let you down how'd you respond to that did you respond graciously? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we're gracious and we say, yeah, no problem. It's okay. Or maybe not. It was like, it just, all sorts of things started flowing out from us, let's say. The typical response when our expectations aren't met is to make them pay. To make sure they know that you're let down. You're disappointed. A few years ago, this, this happened, uh, I mean, this happens often in, my, in, in all of our lives, I'm sure, but I have a very uh, vivid memory of a point when I was expecting something different, I was totally let down. It was, I was planning to go to Disneyland with my family, and we, at that point, had an annual passport, so we'd been to Disneyland a lot, and we knew the drill, we weren't like rookies to the park. But something that was unusual when we arrived at Disneyland, as, as we were pulling, like, off the freeway and kind of on the side streets was the traffic was really bad, like especially bad. It was like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those days at the park. Like you can't hardly get anywhere. Some of you have experienced that before. And so it just takes a long time to get, you know, through the car line and into the parking structure. And sometimes they shut the parking structure and you got to get to another area. But we actually were able to get in the parking structure and we're sort of in line waiting to to get to the toll booth where you'd pay and uh, and. It it was just, it, it had taken a long, long time. And I was, I was you know, kind of envisioning I'd be on the tram. I'd already be sort of heading, you know, to our favorite rides and attractions there in the park. And we're just stuck waiting in line. And what was worse was that when you got into the parking structure, they have these uh, green sort of lights above all the parking toll booths so you know which ones are open and that you should get in line. Well, what was worse was a lot of people didn't look at the green light. And it's like red light, and they'd go up the red light lane, and then what do they do at the very last minute? Just like what they do on the 91 freeway, right, as the toll lane is 
is, is like, you know, you have your last moment. People are sort of like merging on at the end, and you're just like, oh, this is making it take longer, and it's taking longer. So we finally get to the front, and we're a few cars from the, from the toll booth, or whatever you'd call those things. And at the very last moment, a minivan pulls up beside me with his blinker on. And I'm like, what? Like, they're in one of those red lines, red lanes, you know? So I'm like, I'm just done. So I, I like, laid on the horn, and I'm like, what? I threw my hands up, and I'm like, what are you thinking? You know, they can't hear me. I'm in my car. They're in their car. I don't even know if they're looking. I don't even know if they care. But I'm just like, really? Come on. I don't usually get worked up like that, honestly. But for whatever reason, I had a different expectation. And then at the toll booth, we're right behind them. It just seemed like they were taking their sweet time. And, and it was taking even longer to just pay the money. How hard is it to pay a $20 bill? I mean, it's, unless you're counting out in ones or in pennies or something, you know, I'm like, it's not that. It shouldn't be taking this long. So it's taking longer and longer. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm still like talking in my car. Like, what now? What could possibly be? And then the door opens and the person gets out. It's just a lady. Okay. And you're thinking, oh, it's a guy and there's going to be a conflict. No, it's a lady. And she starts coming towards my car and I roll the window down and I'm like, and I just said, what are you doing? And she, she said, I'm so sorry. I just came over here to apologize. My kids were distracting me. I didn't realize I was in the wrong lane. And I came over here to give you $20 to pay for your parking because I feel really bad that I cut in front of you. And I'm like, thanks. You know, thanks. And, I, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, and then I realized I don't even have to pay for parking because I have an annual passport. And on my, so then it's worse because I'm like, no, I'm an annual pass. It's like, can't you see the, the magic of Disney affecting my interaction with you? No. So she apologizes again, and I'm just like, it's it's okay. It's okay. I'm still sort of worked up. I couldn't quite get my attitude together, but I felt like such a jerk. And, and I apologized to my family, especially for embarrassing everyone. And it was sort of like I set such a bad example for them. And, and so I, I get up to the toll booth. I, I show them my card. I get my little uh, pass and I put it on my dash and we roll up into the parking garage, a couple of you know levels up, only to discover that I have to park right beside this lady. And it's like, what a humbling experience. And the walk and the tram ride of shame with this lady the whole time. (laughs) So, with unmet expectations, you just get worked up. You get riled up. You get emotional. There's a flood of emotions that you didn't anticipate can hit you when you don't get what you want. And I want to talk about this this morning. Guess what? When it comes to family life, we tend to actually have a little more grace with people. That's a great example of that, right? Not really, but with our family, we have so much time and energy and money invested in our family life that when family doesn't meet our expectations, our emotions can just fly through the roof really quick. Things can be supercharged because of family life. There's a lot going on there. So here's some of the typical feelings that we have with unmet expectations. Anger. Some, sometimes just anger. Sometimes it's a simple thing like calling your family member and trying to get a hold of them because something important is going on and you get a hold of them 
and they won't pick up the phone. Or you're texting them and you're like, call me, pick up. And then there's nothing. And you're like, they must not be answering on purpose. They're just making me, trying to drive me crazy. And you get angry over it. Or resentment can build in family life. You, you really needed your family member to be on time. Maybe you have kids and you, and you said, hey, can you watch our kids? We have a meeting we need to go to. And they're late again. And you start to resent them for it and start, you know, getting really irritated. They're always like this. Or maybe disappointment. That's another emotion that can sort of crop up. You rearrange. Have you ever rearranged the time of some sort of family gathering, like a, a dinner or a reunion or some sort of an event? You rearrange the time so that this person that really wants to be there can show up. And so you rework it for them. And then at the last minute, they cancel. They can't come. But you built it all around them. You usually get disappointed. And all of these unmet expectations, they just stir up the feelings and the emotions. And I'm not a super emotional guy, but, but I, just like you, I mean, sometimes you just can't push those things down and, and it just comes up. There's typical responses also. Not just emotions, there's responses. Sometimes we lash out verbally, meaning we might say something really snappy at someone just in anger. Or, or you know, we just wanted a nice family night and the kids couldn't act appropriately for one night and so we're just tempted to lose it or 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 maybe maybe you're a student and you have roommates i know a lot of you you know you you've got roommates you don't always choose your roommates sometimes it's like you just inherit your roommates that you the school chooses for you and you come home and you're really tired it's been a really busy week and your roommates left the apartment just a mess or the kitchen's a mess you can't even cook because there's just junk everywhere and you're like really and you gotta you gotta do the work, and, and you're tempted to just sort of unload on them and get angry. Or another response is to withdraw from people when, when they let us down, and we start sulking and giving people the cold shoulder. We looked at this a few weeks ago, and, and maybe you even just like give a heavy sigh and so that they know that you've, you've, you know, you've crossed the line. Or also, you might try to control people, and you can get so disappointed, you start trying to control the situation to make sure that you know, that you get exactly what you need from that expectation. And, and I want to show you a video in a moment. It's a video of a proposal, okay? And I want you to see how control can, can work and how it can be a manipulative tool tied to our expectations. So this is a marriage proposal. Oh, that's so insane. This is nothing better than this, right? This is the greatest. Unbelievable. Look at this. I can't believe I... <gasps> Madison Marie, will you marry me? Oh, babe. You hired a photographer, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. It... I am so sorry. Do you mind, um... Do you mind actually coming a little bit closer? I just, I don't know if it's going to share that well. If it's, like, what? so far back. Madison Marie, will you marry me? This is still from the back. Do you mind if we just switch spots so that the camera's... Madison Marie, will you marry me? Oh, my, my hair is up and I didn't realize. Do you mind if you scoot back so we get the skyline in the background? Madison Marie. Cut. Sorry, I don't like my middle name. Uh, can I take a look at that? I just want to see if it's... I wanted this to be a surprise, but at least you could have given me a hint. I don't look good in any of these. Okay. I'm sweating right now, and this can't be good for my complexion. What are you talking about? The lighting is, like, really harsh. It probably looks like a Picasso painting. It's... Cloud-wise, what are you thinking? More? 
Yeah. See, when, you, when you turn around, is right. it already going to be open? Yes. That's Marie. I'm already wearing it. Oh, with, all right, take it. Okay. Give me the ring back, and oh. then we'll start from the top. Okay, okay. okay. I read a blog. The perfect time for engagement is like 5 to 5.30. I'm trying to do something fun for you, and you ruin it. Ruin? Every... Oh, my gosh. Okay, I let's don't try know it. if I can even do this anymore. All right, here we go. Well, you're going to be that... You're going to be turned around. Right. Anyway, so I'll just start right. on my knee. Right, Thank you. Knee. You got a double chin in this one? Switching things up. We're going to have camera guy here, sound guy right here. John, continuity take right knee. I'm going to go left hand. It's going to be bigger, right? Can you Photoshop that? As soon as he opens the box, we're going to have a sweeping zoom motion and then coming all the way up, revealing the beautiful skyline. I'm going to say yes, and it's going to be great. All right, from top. So then I'm going to either go here or here. What do you okay, think? How about, or we could go this way. I feel like no one sees me, though, because my face is pointed out. No one needs to see your face. <laughs> say it a little bit more like you believe in it. Like, do it. How would I say it? Marrying you would be hashtag relationship goals. Who says that? You will! Growing! <sighs> I just want it to be like how they do it in the movies. I don't know. I'm just not feeling the production value. That's... Production? What What do you want from this? Oh, uh, I don't know. First thing that comes to my mind? La La Land. La they didn't even get married! Spoiler alert! Cut. Madison's engagement. Take 43. Great. Hurry. First positions. Put that somewhere. First positions? likes. Oh gosh. Have you, you probably, some of you may have seen that before. Fortunately, that's not real. But controlling, sadly it is real. Stuff like that happens. I mean, controlling puts tremendous pressure on people in relationships. It happens across the board. In family life, it can happen. We know this can happen where we just try to get a grip of, of people and make them do what we expect them to do. So really we brought this up and sort of shown some of these examples so we could see what does God's word have to say about this? How do we avoid causing the damage that's often caused or that, that comes as we respond to expectations? Step one, okay, step one is this. Set realistic expectations by identifying where they come from. Where are my hopes and dreams and wishes coming from? If you're like me, you might not even recognize that you had an expectation. A lot of times I'm not aware of the expectation that's, that, is being, that I had and that I held on to. I feel the anger, though. I feel the disappointment. I feel the resentment from the expectation that I had. Uh, whenever we recognize that, that we have an expectation, we need to stop and sort of determine whether or not this is the right expectation to even begin with. In the video clip, she says, it's not like, I just want it to be like it is in the movies. And sometimes that's where the expectations come from, is we lock onto something we saw on TV, we lock onto something we saw in the movies, and we, we forget that our children act their age. They, they're two. This is what two-year-olds do. They're 10. They're, they're 13. They're 14. They're teenagers. And we forget some of the normal things that, that are going on, and we expect people to act more mature because they do that in the movies. Why aren't we experiencing that? But movie scripts, they have, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and everything sort of gets resolved every time, it seems like. They have these big budgets so they can get whatever they want. So getting your expectations from the movies leads to disappointment. Also, maybe not just movies, it could be social media. As you saw that kind of play into that video clip as well, you see a family go on vacation and you think, man, why 
why are we going on vacation? They're always on vacation. Or you see someone get, you know, ladies, maybe you see somebody get flowers at work and they put it on social media and you're like, I never get flowers at work. But wrong expectations are, are subtly at work. Now, here's what the Bible warns us. It warns us that there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Now, I really want to camp out on this idea for most of this morning. I have other verses I want to, to look at, but this, this verse sort of sets up a really important aspect of, of identifying expectations and seeing where they're leading. This is what makes expectations so dangerous, is they seem so right to us. There's just things that seem so right to you and I. We almost have no way of detecting that there's this poison at work when we have and hold on to an expectation. Sort of like a silent killer. Are you familiar with carbon monoxide? Carbon monoxide is a silent uh, killer. It can lead to poisoning. You don't even know you're, you're getting sick necessarily, and so... Uh, we don't naturally detect when there's a carbon monoxide leak, and so you, you actually have to have something to detect, to detect and sound an alarm that you're being poisoned. In a real similar way, we don't detect the sort of the deadly nature of internal expectations. We don't, we don't see that. When we look in the mirror, we are almost immune to see this issue of expectation. Uh, and sadly, our responses, responses like anger and, and disappointment and resentment, these these things, they often don't even sound the alarm in our life. We get, we get bothered, but we still don't like, realize maybe there's something that, is, that I need to look at. They just sort of play into the expectation. We say, you see that? You see there? Look at how this is making me feel. It, it sometimes can just support the wrong things. But then, as this verse implies, the death of, of things, the death, for example, of a relationship might... Uh, trigger that in the end it leads to death it says i wonder if my expectations somehow factored into killing this thing i wonder if me gripping on to the wrong expectations are what has choked the life out of this relationship this relationship at home and family life it could be a, even amongst friendships i mean so it's important to ask ourselves where did this expectation come from to ask that question to get at identifying it is this, is this a way that seems right to, to me? Is this just coming from me and my understanding and my standard? Am I the standard? Or is it based on some truth or some other standard that I can point to? So the time that we spend consistently reading the Bible helps. This is another way to set realistic expectations is consistently get into God's Word. Get into the Bible for yourself. This this time on Sundays is, is a real small fraction of, of your life and my life. And so this, this really can't be enough to really grab hold of your focus enough to capture your heart to lead your expectations in the right way. This is not enough time, Sunday morning. This is just a sliver of, of how your week and my week breaks down. It's helpful. I mean, getting, uh, you know, Coming together and seeing, and, you know, seeing God's word and hearing some instruction on it and maybe reflecting on some things, that's really helpful. But it's the, it's the at-home work. It's the self, uh, you know, the time just you and God getting into his word that really is, is important for setting expectations. 
Now, we're often tempted to say, yeah, I know that's probably important. And I agree, it's, cons- it's important to be consistently reading the Bible. But we're tempted to say, I, don't, I just don't have time for that right now. You don't know my life, Josh. You, you know, I don't have time. I got little kids. I got, I got deadlines. I got things on my plate. And I just can't afford to spend time reading the Bible. And, and you know, it is costly. But if we only knew the power that the Bible has over detecting deadly expectations, we might be willing to pay the price to build this discipline. If we understood the power that the Bible gives, for to, it's, it's like a detection tool to show us that there's a deadly poison at work in us. Did you know that there's a wide range of costs for carbon monoxide home detection devices? Here's some pictures. On the left-hand side, you have sort of like the most expensive... Uh, not maybe there's others, but this is the higher end. This is the Nest. It's a it's a carbon monoxide uh, alarm. Probably syncs up with your phone. It's over 150 dollars to buy that. Or there's a lesser expensive option. The lesser expensive option you could probably buy in a six pack for like under 20 bucks. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and there's this wide range of it. And so you got to ask the question. None of this message is intended to create fear in you. Like, oh, we got to do we have that? Do we have that? Do we even think about this? The point is not that. But there is this wide range, and I want us to realize, like, you know, we go to great lengths to think through issues like this, but when it comes to our family relationships especially, how much are we willing to invest and to actually pay the price on doing some hard things? Consistently reading the Bible on my own makes a huge difference in my expectations. So pay the price. I think this challenges pay the price. But I can't afford to do it. I can't afford to read the Bible. I'm still so busy. And really, we make time for all sorts of things in our lives. We make time for social media. We make time for music. We make time for sports center. We make time for, for grilling and, and marinating meat and, and, and going to the gym and, and running and walking and, and doing, oh, I need that for my health. Exactly. You need, you need this. We need this for our relational health, for our family health. Now look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus said. If this was a priority for Jesus, then why wouldn't it be for us? Mark 135, this is a description of Jesus from, from Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35. says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus, he got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He, he, he got time connecting with the Father, and this verse is sort of sandwiched, just got Jesus' pattern for having time away, a quiet time. This verse is interesting because it's sandwiched between people trying to get time with Jesus, trying to get help with Jesus from Jesus, trying to stand in line to wait for Jesus. It's, it's like, Jesus, pray for me. Jesus, heal me. And people were willing, multitudes of people would flock towards Jesus when he would travel from town to town. And people were lining up, and they would wait in long lines to get with him because they wanted they wanted healing they wanted prayer they wanted care they wanted to talk to him they wanted to get close enough to hear from him and at the end of a very busy day which is the verses that lead up to verse uh, 35 here after all that jesus he goes to bed after dark and says very early in the morning while it was still dark jesus gets up leaves the house goes off to a quiet place a solitary place where he prayed and then the disciples, if you look at the next set of verses, the disciples are like, where's Jesus? People are already lining up to see him. And it's early the next morning, and they're like, 
where's Jesus? He, well, he's, he's doing what he does. His pattern was to, to pray. And so they go find Jesus, and they're like, hey, there you are. People are already waiting for you. Come on back. It is vital to your spiritual health and to your family life that you spend time with God. It's vital to your relationships. It doesn't stop there. You, you need to not only know the Bible, but the key is to apply the Bible to our lives, which is really what we try to focus on. How do we get God's Word to a place where we not only just understand it, but then we internalize it and begin to live it out in the way we do our lives, in the way we do our relationships? The Scripture actually helps in, in all of these things, knowing and then doing. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? Like, how do you keep your life on track? By living according to your word. The psalmist saying it's, it's your word. It's not just, I mean, because left to ourselves, it's all about our expectations. It's all about what seems right to a person. You know, what is right to us? That previous verse, Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way that seems right to a man. In the end, it leads to death. We have to constantly go to God's word because it's not like the way we think. How do you keep your life pure? By living according to your word. It's your word. It's your plan. It's not mine. I seek you, he says, with all my heart. The psalmist describes, don't let me stray. Don't let me stray from your commands. Your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. As we live according to the Bible, our expectations begin to line up with reality, with how life actually works. And maybe you expect... Maybe you expected Christmas break to sort of be the reset button on your life. And here we are. It's already February. It's crazy, huh? How quickly it's February. I mean, where'd January go? It just flew by. I don't know about you, but come, the, you know, the end of 2018, it had been a really busy year for me personally. And I was like looking forward to the holidays as a time to sort of break and reset and sort of get some normalcy. But you know what? Oftentimes that's just not the case. Things blew by the holidays and boom, you're just rolling into the next year. Most of the time, what really helps is when we get into God's word and God shows us something that, that, that we need in that moment for life, for here and now. Recently, in my time with God, I'm, I'm around chapter 31 in, in Genesis and I've just been reading the life of Abraham and then Abraham's son Isaac and Isaac's son Jacob. And what God's been saying to me has has just been reminding me of how my life impacts my son's lives. Because you see sort of this generational impact as I read this. And then you, you know it's going to impact my grandchildren's life, which I don't have any grandkids yet. But, but God uses that to remind me of, of how important certain things are to, to, to family life right now because it will have an impact. Because you start seeing the, the stories in the Bible, and as I read God's Word, I see the the patterns emerge, and I'm able to connect with that, and that's very helpful. But I can't just go to it only when I need to prepare to speak on something or to teach on something. Some of you are group leaders, and it's like it's tempting to just sort of go to God when you need him to come through when you need to say something. Or you know you're having an important talk with a friend, and you're like, okay, I better brush up on, on God's word a little bit so I know what to say to this person. Or it's tempting if you're trying to study for something to, to – or if, if – but, but what will really make a difference is to just consistently read God's word and allow his word to sort of realign our priorities and reset the unrealistic expectations that just are there naturally in our lives. Here's another thing. We can also re sort of set realistic expectations through picking wise friends. Proverbs 13, verse 20 
He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. The friends we choose have a profound impact on our lives. It's profound to see the connection. If we choose the right friends, they'll encourage us to have the right expectations. Wise friends will lead you towards the right expectations and point you towards the right things, towards godly perspective and godly goals. I want to encourage you to pick the right group of people to get around. They'll, they'll help you keep your expectations in line with reality. Oftentimes when our lives get off track or, or on track, we can almost always trace the influence of our friendship circles on we're on track or we're off track. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. Most of the time when our lives are off track or on track, we can trace the influence of our friendship circles. Good friends can even speak into our lives. They, good friends can actually detect the poison. It's like the person that can walk in your house and say, like, there's a, there's a, I think there's something on. There's like a gas leak. Never walked into a, into a house and you just know there's a gas, there's natural gas leak on. The oven's on. Someone bumped the oven or something's leaking. And sometimes you can smell that because the, the odor that they put in gas to, to alert you to the leak. Some of our friends can do that. Wise friends can actually say, you know, there's something off in your expectations here, and it's killing your relationships. It, it will kill your family life. I want to alert you. Good friends will speak in your life. They'll take the risk. They'll have awkward conversations like that out of love. All these, all these areas we've looked at so far really help set realistic expectations. Still sometimes we're disappointed, though. And in those times when we're disappointed... Here's some ways to respond to unmet expectations. The first one is realizing the grace God has shown you. Sort of fits with what we looked at last week on how do we give forgiveness to people as we remember God has forgiven us a, a, a real debt. And we looked at Colossians 2 and chapter 3 and how that was described. But it's very similar. We realize the grace God has shown. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has chosen to go our own way, our own separate way apart from God. And when you have a perfect God and an imperfect people, it creates this great divide. And what God did is, is he, God stepped in. He responded to, through grace uh, to our rebellion. God's grace is it's, it's unmerited. It's, it's free favor. We don't, have to, we don't have to pay for it. The price was paid through Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth. Jesus to earth. He died for sinners. And whoever believes in him, Scripture says, will not perish but have eternal life. They'll have full life. And so that's how you have a restored relationship with God. Take a look at Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So when you realize God has shown you grace, it helps you extend grace. God's grace towards you should remind you to extend grace to others. When someone lets you down, you know what? You can respond with grace because you've, if you've experienced grace. You, you can respond with, with understanding. You can respond with listening. You, you can give them undeserved favor in that situation. It doesn't mean that you just keep putting yourself in the same situation to be let down by people over and over again. It doesn't mean that you don't set up boundaries. It doesn't mean that you, you just let people run over you. But you don't need to make people pay 
for when they've disappointed you. They don't need to pay for it. You can extend grace. This, making people pay will just cause more problems in our relationships. Another way to respond to unmet expectations is recognize that God is still in control. We have to often tell ourselves this. God is in control. He won't rip me off. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, interesting set of verses. Habakkuk was a man, he was an Old Testament prophet. He lived at a time where there was a series of really bad kings, sort of one after another bad kings, okay? And Habakkuk, he's looking at this, this corruption amongst the kingdom and among, amongst the leaders, and he's sort of saying, why, God? And he's like throwing up his hands. Why is this happening? Why are you, God, why are you letting these people, these wicked people, go unpunished? And, and take a look at some of what he's describing here, and then see where he lands. Verse 17, though the fig tree does not bud, which is an expectation. If you have a fig tree, you're expecting the thing to bud. You have an expectation. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Basically, the land is not doing well. Nothing is producing the way it ought to because of, because of the Really, the corruption of the kings is now impacting the people who live in the kingdom. And Habakkuk's like, God, nothing good is happening here. But look at where he goes. Yet, even though my expectation is not being fulfilled here, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He, he's God, you're in control. I know you're in control. He says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the, onto the heights. Basically, Habakkuk is saying, God is someone who can be trusted. He's in control of what is ever, whatever is going on in, in, in our land or in our lives or in our family lives. Last week, we, we asked you to pray for an urgent need for uh, friends of ours at Ridgeview Church. And uh, Our friends are planting a church there in North Fontana. We've been sending teams of people uh, and we've been helping with all sorts of things. In fact, yesterday, uh, a team of uh, young, I think young single guys for the most part, there was a women's breakfast, and so we figured we didn't want to ask any of the ladies to be a part of this, and we didn't want to ask uh, any of the, the dads to be a part of this either, because they'd be watching all the kids during the OCC women's breakfast that was here. But we sent a mass email out, and then we had some of our men, some single guys, Go out in the pouring rain yesterday to distribute flyers in North Montana to just to continue to kind of sow seeds and invite people to help our friends uh, with their grand opening next week. They're planting, and they on February 10th, they're going to launch their, their church and have weekly services out there. But one of the main needs that they have is a worship leader. They need a worship leader. Last week, we, we brought this up and we prayed, and it seemed like some things might have been materializing a few days ago. Alex had he put up an ad uh, on a website, job website, and he met with a guy, and it looked like things were materializing. But then all of a sudden, communication went dark. He met with the guy, and things went dark. And uh, so he's like, he's a week out from having a grand opening, then I have a worship leader. And so here's the thing. God is still in control. And he's having to just wrestle with that and, and trust God with that and keep pleading with God to provide and connect him. Now, we're, we want to be part of that, so we're, we're sending... We have a plan to send a team, actually three different teams over the next few months to help them out, but they really need a permanent person. So we want to keep praying that God provides. And I, I remember next week as they launch is exactly 
11 years from our launch date. We launched February the 10th of, of uh, 2008. And I remember all the expectations building up to, I hope this goes well. I hope somebody shows up. I hope, I hope that things come together. And you can bet they're wrestling through all of those, but God can be trusted. You know, you can trust God in your family life with all that you're facing right now. And a lot of times when something doesn't meet our expectations, we start thinking we need to freak out because maybe we need to get God's attention if we freak out. And then he'll step in. Or maybe we can move his hand if we throw a big commotion because we think if we don't take care of ourselves, then who's going to take care of us? But God, he'll meet your needs if you'll turn to him in, in, in whatever you're facing right now. Here's some things as, as we wrap up just to give you sort of some work if you want to take these home with you and see what the Bible has to say. With God's help, choose to respond with grace instead of harsh words, instead of withdrawing, and instead of trying to control. These are just some areas with some verses that you can, um, if you commit these to memory, those will be real helpful when you, when you recognize, I'm about to say something really harsh, or I'm about, to, I'm about to withdraw and start sulking or giving the silent treatment. These are some verses that can help, or, or I'm trying to get control here. If you'll memorize God's word and meditate on it and take it in and, and wrestle with it and apply it, I mean, this will really be a help with this area of expectations. So what is something that you want to take home with you this week? We've looked at a lot this morning. I hope that uh, God has maybe pinpointed something specific to your situation. I'd encourage you to jot that down. Maybe fill out these three next steps. We've got a few fill in the blanks at the bottom as our worship team joins me. Uh, maybe my next step today is to set real, realistic expectations by spending some time tonight to get in the Bible. Maybe I'll, I'll just decide I'm gonna I'm gonna start a habit tonight. Pour some coffee, seep some tea, have a coke, have some water. I'm gonna get in a in a chair and I'm gonna, you know, the kids. Are, I'm gonna need to. I'm going, to need to, I'm going to need some focus time, but you know what? Go for it. Or this week, you know, just determine, I'm, I'm going to get into the Scripture consistently because I need God's Word to correct my expectations. Or second, respond rightly to unmet expectations by, and maybe think through what's a specific thing you could do there. Or this last one, respond with grace instead of. And so let, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we continue. Father, thank you for this time that we've been able to look at uh, this area of expectations and see some examples of how to combat and fight against both the emotions and even just the issue of uh, us trying to be in control of how life ought to go or how we want life to go. We just recognize that so much of it is out of our control. We need often to reset, not just through uh, losing it or withdrawing but but really through running to you connecting with you god i pray for those that are here that that don't know you personally but are here and they're seeking and wanting to learn more i just pray you'd continue to do work of drawing them to a real relationship with you through your son jesus thank you for making a way for us to know you thank you for the friendships around the room the people who call us forward in life and who speak into our lives when our expectations are getting off track and thank you father for being so faithful that when we stop and spend time with you, you do speak to us. Your word is living and active. It cuts through right at the heart of the issues in our life. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.